Welcome back to The Frontline. I'm your host, Jake. If this is your first time, and it's likely that it is because we are still new, the goal of this podcast is to bring together first responders from all over Chautauqua County to get a peek inside their minds and hearts. Last time we had Henry, an officer from Westfield, New York. Today we have Garrett with another local fire department. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Um, so my name is Garrett Yeager. I am a captain with my home department, um, which... Um, anything I say is not reflected on my home department. Um, I've been in the fire service now, uh, going on almost 15 years. I joined as a junior in 2009, uh, you know, full member in 2013. Um, this is my second time being a captain, was also a lieutenant in the past, and I'm also a member on the Chautauqua County Technical Rescue Team. And I'm a third generation, all in the same department. And I love that you brought that up because that's that's why we're here today, is to talk about generational firemen. So there's a lot of people who may be new to the fire service mm-hmm. who don't understand what it was like to grow up with a father or grandfather that was in the fire service. And one of the things I love, because I know a lot of generational firemen, mm-hmm. is you grew up unknowingly being trained. Oh, for sure. Your entire life. Yep. Because you heard your dad, your dad told you things mm-hmm. just like his dad before him taught and told him things. And, and so it's, there's a lot of fantastic stories. There's fantastic training mm-hmm. and you were there through, um, you know, maybe, maybe 15 years of, of evolution of equipment before you ever got in. Mm-hmm. You heard your dad complain or like certain things yep. that were happening and you knew why. You know, so when you already joined, yeah. at that point, you're like, oh, I already know what I like and don't like. Yep. I know what needs improved because I've been watching this for 15 years Partially and hearing the biased. stories. Partially biased. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, I think we're all biased based on the person who trains us, right? Yep. I remember when I joined Asheville Fire Department, that was my first department, and they, I was biased to, I, I didn't like when the chiefs changed over. Mm-hmm. I liked the chiefs I had at the time. Yep. I was happy with their command. I felt comfortable under them. When it changed, I was like, I don't want to listen to this person. Mm-hmm. And it was nothing against them. It's just what I felt comfortable. And I was 16 at the time. Yep. And so I had just felt comfortable with who the leadership was. And, and we know that's just how it goes in any fire department. We Any organization. Any organization. There's always turnover. Mm-hmm. And there's always the people like me that are stubborn and don't like change. Yep. You know? Um, but tell us what it was like, how active was your father growing up? Very, was he a very active member? Very. I mean, he he joined in December of 96, um, became an EM, EMT in 97 when my mom joined in 97, um, which rolling back a little bit, her father was in the service um, mid-70s until I think 88 or 89. Um and then my father joined, obviously, in 96. Um, but he was extremely involved, always around. Um, he worked on the road doing construction for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So only home on the weekends, really, um, for probably the first 12-ish years that he was in. Um, but, I mean, in the 20, I want to say 26 years he's been in, he's held every rank from lieutenant all the way to fire chief. 
Sure. Um, bounced around in the captain lieutenant spots quite a few times up and down. Um, assistant chief a few times, and then two years ago he was chief. Um, he's a captain with the county tech rescue team. Um, he was one of the original founding members of the team. Um, technician in all the aspects that the team offers, which is a tremendous amount of training. Yeah. Um, which the evolution of the fire service, now we have the LMS from the state. Yeah. We actually got him set up and seeing the number of hours of training that he's accrued yeah. in the 25 plus years he's been doing this is unreal. Yeah, it's really cool that the system tracks that. And for those who don't know, before in the fire service, everything was paper. Up until, honestly, quite recently, um, paper tracking. 2013 was yeah. when they did away with the green cards. Yep. And so when I was first in an 02, I took fire uh, fire essentials mm-hmm. before I switched to firefighter one. 42 hours. And yeah, <laughs> so I took that and I was okay. Like everything was good. That's what was good about the junior program, the restricted program that I was in at 16, mm-hmm. because it allowed me to start training and getting ready. It, and and there was even times where I was able to go into buildings and stuff because yep. I was with my chief, yep. my officers. So um, once I left Asheville, eventually I came to Falconer. Mm-hmm. I was in Falconer for a while, and then I jumped over to Celeron. Well, once I got to Celeron, I decided I wanted to train more. I wanted to take more classes. Mm-hmm. I decided I really wanted to educate myself as much as possible. Everybody hits that spot where yeah. either right off the get-go, they are diehard and they want to yeah. book hunt hard, or they're in it for a little bit and they're kind of dipping the toe in the pool yeah. per se, and then all of a sudden something clicks. Yeah, And they're like, there's more out there than just when the pager goes off, going to the fire hall. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's so much more to offer. The sky's the limit. Yeah, really. Literally. I mean, there's so much training in New York State. Mm-hmm. And to a point where you can train to become a state trainer, which is really cool, too. Easily, too. Yeah. And so when I went to Celeron, I decided I wanted to make that call of training more. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, the prerequisites were firefighter one or equal. So. Yep. Because I'd already switched over to Firefighter 1. Mm-hmm. I call uh, Mavo because I didn't have any of my records. Yep. And I'm like, hey, I need a copy of my Fire Central so I can give it to Celeron so I can do my class. And I want to take my fire officer classes. Yep. They couldn't find my records. Could not find them anywhere. That was a common theme back then. It was a very common. Actually happened to my brother as well. Which it, I don't fault the people. No. we. I'm sure they did the best that they could with mm-hmm. what they had. Mayville has always had their hands full. Yep. The Office of Emergency Services is fantastic people. And I wouldn't even go as far as saying and putting it on Mayville really at all. Anyone that hasn't been to the New York State Fire Academy in Montour Falls and on the one floor you walk past the one room and it is filing cabinets. Yeah. End to end, all four walls. Yeah. I could see how it's easy for... To lose a document. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, right. I mean, that's a lot of paper to track. And I feel horrible for the person that had to input all of that into this new LMS. System. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And that's probably why it took so long to, to upgrade. Because in 2013, it's not like computers were new. No. They became so relevant in offices mm-hmm. so much earlier on. But it probably took them all those years to get everything input. And my record that I was missing at the time was probably 
there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Just it's easy to move paper to the wrong folder. Yep. And so before I could take that class, I now had to take Firefighter 1, mm-hmm. even though I took Essentials. So I'm like, whatever. Um, wasn't a fan of the idea, but Firefighter 1 encompassed more stuff than Essentials did. Oh, for sure. And so I was like, cool, I'm going to go do this. Now the whole system switched to BFO and IFO, and that's different from Firefighter it's 1. It's a whole different realm now. Yeah, so different. So now... I went and did that, and I took my intro to Fire Officer, Fire Officer 1, Fire Officer 2, did all those classes. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, um, I took a break from the fire service for 10 years. Yep. Exactly. And I wanted to go back. Mm-hmm. I wanted to help the community that I live in. I called up to Mayville to get my records mm-hmm. because Saleron just didn't have complete records of stuff. Um, and again, nobody's fault. Paper records at the time. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't find my firefighter one. They, I'm like, wait, wait, no, please don't tell me this is happening again. <laughs> and they're, they're like, no, we, we can't find it. And I'm like, no, no, this can't be real. Mm-hmm. And so Gloria, who was a, I can't call her a saint because of my religion, but Gloria was, was so, so helpful. She moves, she moved mountains. She moved mountains. And she went through and she's like, give me all the information that you know about your class that you took for Firefighter 1. So I gave her the instructor. I gave her other people I was in the class with. I did all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Turns out my number, my my pass was given to um, another student. So, so all my record was in his name. As in your state training ID? Yeah. Okay. And and so he had my state training ID under his name. Yep. And I'm like, I wonder if that's what happened to my essentials, because maybe it went under him for my essentials. So we mm-hmm. didn't. We never dove into that because at this point you're, I'm like, you're going way too far back. We've already gone two steps forward. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm not. I'm not diving into that anymore. And so we. Uh, she found it though. She went through. She found it. She got it all straightened out. She got the ID. His ID number was one or two off of mine. Mm-hmm. And so um, I found that really incredible, and I couldn't praise her enough for that. And so because of that, I didn't have to go back to the system, and she found all my officer classes. She found everything that went under his name. Mm-hmm. So it looked like he had all that. Well, and that's I had a semi-similar situation. Not that they couldn't find my stuff, but when I got set up on the new LMS, I log in, and there's nothing there. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, there's 300 plus hours of training. Yeah. Like I'm looking at certificates. I know what I have. I yeah. just want to verify, you know, make sure I'm not missing anything, make sure they yeah. got it all right and sign up for the class I was getting ready to take. And I call OFPC and I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. They're going, well, no, it's your training identification. I'm like, the card I'm holding in my hand does not coincide with the number you have on it. She goes, what's the number you have? And they punched it in and they said, this number has been deactivated or removed from circulation or whatever they had said it was. I said, nope, I'm holding it in my hand. I'm very much alive and I'd just like to see my stuff, please. She goes, give me 10 minutes. Hang up the phone. Within 10 minutes, I get an email. Click on it. Log in. Everything's there. Evidently, in 2017, which I'm assuming this is when they were doing the whole LMS upload, there was a snafu with something at OFPC and the record of my identification number was lost. Oof. So they generated a new one. Yeah. Which I lost all of my, they had quote unquote lost all of my training from 
when I took my firefighter one in 2011. So did you just present them with the certificates so they could see? No, because once I gave them the, the proper number, she punched oh. it in and it came up and she goes, list off some of the classes you have. Yeah. And I start listing them off. And with the instructor, she goes, okay, well, there's here's the number. There's no name attached to it. Awesome. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Because like- What a relief. Like- that's a lot of training yeah. to have to go back on. Yeah. Especially a couple of classes I took twice just because they needed someone to fill the class. Sure. You know, and yeah. I didn't want to lose all that. Yeah. No, I wouldn't either. Mm-mm. So now going back to, to your dad. Now, mm-hmm. he joined in 96. Yep. And uh, his father before him was in. My mom's father. Your mom's father. My dad's father actually applied in... 72 to join at the time our department had a waiting list yep. to join as a member. He was so far down the waiting list. He just wrote it off, gave up on it because he had come home from the service. He had been over in the Korean war um, and just wrote it off, whatever. Well, finally one day he gets notification that, Hey, you're up for membership. And he goes, no, that, that ship has sailed. I'm, I'm no longer interested. Well, then, it's really weird on how that all happened at the same time that the waiting list got lifted. My mom's father applied and got in. Interesting. Just a real odd. Yeah. Yeah. So now with that being his father-in-law, mm-hmm. did that still give him inspiration to join? Like, Hey, my father-in-law is a fireman. I want to be a fireman. Or did he want, probably want to be one already? Honestly, I don't know. That's not yeah. really a conversation we've ever really had other than he he wanted to help. Yeah. You know, um, and it was along the same time when he joined, not long after that, that he was running to get on the village board. Sure. You know, um, wanting to really get involved in the town that he grew up in. Sure. You know, and do more than be a tax-paying resident. So how did your grandfather feel then with his son-in-law joining, his mm-hmm. grandson? When did when did your grandfather pass? Still alive? He's still alive. That's awesome. Yeah. So how old is he? 76. 76? Mm-hmm. So he's obviously not active anymore. No, he resigned late 80s. I want to say like 87, 88, something okay. like that. Yep. So, so does it do his heart some good to know that it's being carried on, that his grandchildren are doing it? He hasn't quite said those words. Um, he's more of a uh, tough love, pat on the back with no words said kind of guy. Yeah, sounds about right for that generation. Um, but there has been some connection over it. When I was a junior, you know, I remember um, the first fire I went to was a machine shop here in town. And... I was 14, you know, something I've been looking forward to my entire life, you know, watching dad leave the house for fires and whatnot. Finally, the first time I get to go, well, the next day I was helping my grandfather rototill and plant his garden. We're talking about it and he doesn't, you know, he hadn't paid attention to the department or trucks and he still thought we had our old engines. He goes, oh, did you ride on the, on the Honda, the American? Hmm. I said, we don't have those anymore. He goes, what do you mean we don't have those anymore? I said, we got rid of those like 10 years ago. I said, no, I actually wrote on the old ladder. He goes, oh, the old LaFrance. I said, no, the Pierce. He goes, when did we get rid of the LaFrance? I said, 93. He goes, 
wow, I really don't pay attention, do I? And, you know, it was joking. He, yeah. he knew. He was just poking fun because he, he knows that the two old engines that we had gotten rid of, the the Han, I, have a, I had a real passion for. Sure. Just it's It was a very odd-looking truck, especially mm-hmm. with the, the windshield. It looked like a big set of aviators coming down the road. Yeah. And there was just something about that truck, like to the point I found an old slide on eBay and had to buy it just to have the slide of when they took the original apparatus photo to hang cool. up here on the wall. That's cool. Yeah. I, uh, how, how did your father feel with you getting into the fire service? Was he proud? Was he like, that's great. Like oh, me, yeah. me, like if my kids were to get in, I'd be like, Oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I'd be really excited. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was one of those things to where, you know, he always kind of knew that that's the direction I was going to go. Yeah. Um, for the longest time, the goal was to go paid somewhere. And then I decided that that's not really what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and then once I got in, you know, it was me and him side by side doing a lot of training. But obviously, not being 18, I couldn't do a lot. Yep. And then once I turned 18, he was a chief. So really never had the opportunity to do any interior work yeah. until we got lucky. And we were at a controlled burn um, at a neighboring department. And we got hit for smoke in a, in a factory here in town. And the two interior guys in the back of the truck were me and my dad. So you got to do something with them. You know, so it was like that realization back when I was 14, we were going to a house fire and he was getting packed up and I'm handing him like, here's your gloves, here's your helmet, like that really cool feeling of getting dad ready to go and then staying outside and watching him go in and watching the fire disappear from the window, knowing that my dad did that. Yeah, right. You know, to where now we're sitting side by side in jump seats going, fist bump and like yeah we're about to get this thing together that's fun yeah and they're a little bit past that i think it was five or six years later we were in a house fire here in town and i was on the nozzle he was backing me up we got upstairs there was an issue with the pump we lost water just as i it was a a split staircase with a landing in the middle Mm -hmm. i got up on the hallway and just around the corner of the room pushed the door open and we lost water well, heat of the fire, I couldn't reach to pull the door back shut, so I backed back into the hallway, partially into the bathroom a little bit, just to be out of mm. the flow path of the fire and let it just keep going, doing its thing, because, yeah. you know, water should be coming pretty quick. Sure. Well, I made the comment, you know, it's getting pretty warm up here, and he goes, okay, well, back down the steps. I backed down one step, I'm like, okay, I'm good. Well, then he noticed something that I didn't. It was getting ready to flash on us. Oh. And he actually grabbed me by the air pack and pulled me down on top of him as mm. it flashed out of that bedroom down the hallway over top of us and down the stairs. Wow. And licked out the front door. That's pretty intense. And quite honestly, I wholeheartedly believe had he not been behind me, there probably would have been a lot different of an outcome. Sure. Yeah. You know, cause I was, I wasn't crouched all the way down. I was kind of standing up on my knees, mm-hmm. you know, so there wasn't much between me and, where the fire rolled down through. Yeah. You know, considering once I was pulled down, there was five or six feet, you know, yeah. even though it got extremely hot. Yeah, sure. And, you know, it was a, wow, that was close situation. Yeah. You didn't get blasted in the face. Exactly. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, a lot of younger members, mm-hmm. the new recruits, um, I haven't experienced this in Lakewood and maybe maybe my captains have or, or lieutenants have and, you know, it's not you know privy to me. Um, but a lot of 
new recruits in, in general, um, I think they think that they're invincible and that they don't have anything to learn from the older guys. Uh-huh. But that's a that's a perfect example right there because it doesn't matter that you took that training in that class. Yep. What matters is someone who's experienced saw something because he was experienced. Uh-huh. Something you missed because you weren't, you're focusing on other things. Mm-hmm. You have a lot going on around you. Yep. He noticed it mm-hmm. and handled it. And there's a lot to be said about that. And that could be, it's great that it was your dad, mm-hmm. first of all. You know, other people don't have that luxury. You know, you've learned from your dad. You've bonded with your dad. That's a that's a pretty great privilege to have. Well, and, you know, going back to the older members, you know, my dad's coming up on, he's 58 now and he's still actively interior. Yeah. He beats most of us guys through, through the front door. That's impressive. He, he's not going to stop. No, we have some actually really amazing people in our department. They work really hard at, at training, being good interiors. Yep. And, uh, I really highly respect them. And like, I was just chatting with Alex the other day and I went in and worked out. I'm like, hey, would you have any problem with me working out in my turnout gear? And like putting a pack on, doing all that. Would you be cool with that? And he's like, just to train? I'm like, yeah. So I, he's like, I don't care. He's like, go for it. Like, I threw a pack on. I threw on my turnout gear. And I went through a whole bottle. I was crawling around all the floors upstairs uh-huh. on our, we have a gym up there. Yep. And I was crawling around through there. And then even with all my turnout gear on, I got on the elliptical and I lifted weights. I did things until I was out of air. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to get back to that point. I want to be able to go interior again, but I also know my limitations. Mm-hmm. And um, I could go interior. I'd be fine, I think, right now. But I want to be better. Oh, yeah. I want to be healthier. I want to be better. You know, I want to lose weight. I want to get in shape. So I'm working on that. We're going to get there. Good. But... Um, mm-hmm. In the meantime, we're doing other stuff. So it's not like I'm left out in the cold. I've got a lot going on. So um, going back to your dad, how does he feel? Or do you guys ever butt heads in the way of, like, does he say, this is how we've always done things? And then you say, yeah, but this is what's recommended now. Do we're, you ever do that? We're pretty on a level playing field. Yeah. You know, we like we have Sunday family dinner at their house, and a lot of times it turns into fire talk, mm-hmm. of course, because it's uh, outside of running businesses. It's our life. Yeah. You know, um, and there's a lot of things that we get talking on, and we're head for head on the same level of everything. And I think there's been a couple of times where I've said, hey, we should do it this way. And he goes, no, we'd probably do it this way. And you know, being right. But at that point in time, you know, 18, 19 years old, not seeing 20 some years of fire service thinking, you know, because you watch videos on YouTube and all these fire shows and everything else. And you go, I can do this and this is the way it should be done. Well, no, in actuality, this is the way it's done here. Not not so much the pound the fist on the table. This is tradition. This is how we do it. This is how we pulled the hose off the truck for the last 140 years. Yeah. This is how we're going to keep doing it. Yeah. You know, he's open to innovation. Like me and him were the two that brought the idea of the AAA to our home department. Mm-hmm. And we drilled on it and trained on it. And we had a lot of opposition at first. We had one truck set up with it. 
And the first, the first fire we went to, we pulled it off and it was the perfect setup because the truck had to be right in front of the house, downtown fire. We had a public sidewalk with between mm -hmm. the pump panel and the stairs of the house. Where are you going to flank 250 foot of hose? Right. You're not. Right. I mean, you're going to be four houses down, wrapped around three neighbors' cars and two telephone poles by the time you're done. Yeah, right. Compared to the AAA. Everybody seems to have their role. Everybody has department. a job. Yeah. And they, well, and it's like, like certain people, I've been doing this job for 15 years. I've been doing mm -hmm. this job for 25 years. Yep. When we go to a fire, and, and this is something I can't speak highly enough about my department. We'll go on scene. And there's no like, no, I want to do this. No, I want to do this. No, you do this. No, you do that. It's like a well-orchestrated. Yeah. It's impressive. We get there and it's an automatic. Captain's doing this. Lieutenant's doing this. Um, you've got so-and-so who's on the pump panel. You got so-and-so running line. That's not to say that, that, you know, captain's not saying, hey, Jake, go do this. Hey, Jake, go do that. Or somebody else, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I certainly don't want to stand there like a dud. Oh, for sure. Um, but it, it's just, honestly, it's impressive how well-trained and how well machine it is. Right? I mean, and we're, we're to that point again. Um, we had a really good core of every time we got a, we got a fire, either our own or going to a neighboring department, we knew who was going to be on that truck. Yeah. We knew who was sitting in what seat, not their assigned, but everyone had their seat that they enjoyed sitting in. Like me, I like facing backwards. Yeah. You know, except for being a captain, you ride the front seat, mm -hmm. you know, but it is what it is, you know, which being younger, I used to get hyped up a lot and which yeah. everybody does. Yeah. Who doesn't? You know, I liked facing backwards because when I rolled up, I had no pre, no pre-workout basically sure. rolling up compared to facing forward. You're coming down the street or you're a mile or two out and you see the header or it's at yeah. night and there's that massive glow in the sky and your that heart's glow. beating through your chest and you're just like, oh my God, here we go, boys. That glow is something, it's an adrenaline spike. Uh -huh. It is something, you see that. I remember when I, in 02, when I was taking class, now Don Woodfield taught that one. Oh, Donnie. He was talking about that glow in 02. I remember it very clearly. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you guys are going to get real excited. Just remember to stay calm. Yep. And then when I was taking my fire officer classes, I remember, uh, do you remember Ron Cuddy? I took my firefighter one from him. I, he, I was in his last class he ever instructed. No kidding. Mm -hmm. I took, uh, so my intro to fire officer, fire officer one, fire officer two, were all with Ron. You, you can't get any better. I, I loved his classes. And just as an instructor, he was just so good. He knew there's, there's, there's different methods. There but he knew how to get through their people in a way that they retained it. And he knew when to sprinkle in the comical war stories yeah. of his time in the, in the fire service. Yeah. That would make sense. And the best one ever was the fire that he went to. And he would never admit that it was him that did it or not. That blew the window out of the house across the street. The, there was a fire they went to and kid bailed off the truck. First fire, grabbed the axe, saw the window with the reflection of the fire. <laughs> Thought it was a fire, runs over the house and blows the picture window out of the front of the house. Fantastic. He would never admit that it was him that did it. In the back of my mind, God rest his soul, I think he is the one that did it. But it was that thing we were talking about ventilation. Yeah. And properly ventilating at the right time. And yeah. he brought that up and like it clicked. And like you could see all these 18, 19, you know, early 20 year old kids yeah. in the class. Everybody in my class was under 25. 
Yeah. Except for one guy, which was actually in Lakewood. All of us were either had been juniors in our departments. We had a little bit of experience or were fresh or the one kid that was from Bust Eye, he was trying to prove a point to his grandfather that they just didn't say basements. That's really yeah. why he joined the fire service, which I thought was the greatest thing ever. Um, that little story in the middle of a ventilation, yeah, it clicked. And like you could see around the room, everybody just caught it. And we went, okay. Ron had a way of getting everybody on the edge of their seat. Like, what's next? What's he going to say next, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. and so in that, class and out. Yeah. Ron was another one that preached about that glow. Now, at this point, I I had been in for years. Mm-hmm. I've seen the glow. I've experienced the glow. But you had people who were still newer who had just finished uh, uh, Firefighter 1 mm-hmm. who are taking this for the very first time. They're still newer, mm-hmm. but they're taking these classes. And they hadn't caught Night Fire yet. They hadn't caught Night Fire yet. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like looking around the room. And they're like, oh, I can't be that impressive. I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> like, glow. Yeah. It is like somebody hit you with an EpiPen. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is impressive what that does to a person. It, it's a rush. Yeah. And, like, my wife, she's in the fire department now. She's interior in an EMT. And right after she got an IFO, I think it was probably four to five weeks after her graduation, we had to work in house fire at night. And at that time, we were living out on the edge of our district. So we, we, we leave our house. And, of course, her first fire, she's, you know, jacked up. like, deep breath. Just think <laughs> about your breathing. Calm down. Everything's going to be fine. You know, they're saying it's a working fire. Everything's going to be fine. I'm here. We, we got this. You're going to be good. Well, we get a little bit closer. We're probably a quarter of the way here. And you come up over the bend, and you can see the glow in the sky. Yeah. It was like someone gave her a truckload of pixie sticks right now. <laughs> and then we get a little bit closer. You can see a little better. And then we come up over the bridge coming into town and we're looking right down the street at the fire. Yeah. And she's like bouncing her head off the ceiling. Like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm like, you got to breathe, girl. Yeah. Like, you got to, like, you're here. You need to be here. We're going to give you one tank <laughs> to use while we're getting ready. Yeah. And then you can have your second tank. Which, and we get to the hall and there was one seat left on the engine. My gear was already on the truck. We left. She was on the tower coming in. And we get to the front door and she comes waddling down the street, all happy and proud. Like my first fire, here yeah. we go. And I grab her. I'm like, you're with me. She's like, but I'm like, no, you're going with me. <laughs> and you know, the, the crew we had other than me and dad was young. Yeah. You know, they hadn't, I mean, they'd seen fire, but they weren't, you know, 10 plus years of fighting fire, sure. you know, and you're, you're, you're with me. You're, you're going with me. We're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And we got to the door, we get to go in. She goes, I need a minute. I'm like, I'm not waiting. We're going. <laughs> Well, you know, that whole adrenaline rush, you know, you get jacked up and she needs a second to collect herself. And by the time I got on the second step going to the second floor where the fire was, I felt this tap and she was there. I'm like, oh, okay, we're going. All right. Well, let's, let's rock and roll. We're in. Yeah. You know, and you know, it was, it was a pretty decent fire. I mean, it was for what it was, it was, it was rock and rolling. Yeah. You know, it was a very good textbook first fire. That's great. When things go like that, you know. I, what's sad is, so I've been back into the fire service now for uh, two and a half years, roughly, give or take. Mm-hmm. I I think that, like, my schedule is so weird because I'm a realtor. Mm-hmm. And so I'm all over the place. I either miss fires, I'm late to the station because I'm actually in the, in the next town over. Okay. So I'm in Saleron mm-hmm. and I drive into Lake, which, I mean, I'm right on the border of Lakewood. Yep. 
but everybody else is like a stone's throw away from the station where I'm not. And so I'll miss a truck. Trucks move out and I'm like, crap. So I wait for like another driver to get there that says we're going to take another apparatus so I can get on that. As you're standing there pacing, waiting. Yeah, yeah, like waiting. <laughs> um, or it'll happen at night and I got really <coughs> severe sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. And it takes me about a half an hour to wake up enough to the point where I can drive safely. Yep. Like everything's kind of swirly dizzy. I feel drunk. Yeah. And it's super hard for me to get aligned and calibrated to drive. Enough to functionally get from point A to point B yeah. for someone else to yeah. move you to point C. Yeah, yeah. And wh- how's it going to look if a fireman gets into an accident on the way to a call? I wasn't going to like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the lights are pretty. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, and so I feel bad because there's so many fires that I've, I've missed or I've had opportunity. And Lakewood has a, um, we have our own burn building. Mm-hmm. I've done, I've done four or five. I think four, um, but I've done a lot of those with the department. Mm-hmm. I'm still not technically signed off in the department. Now I've been interior since Oh two, mm-hmm. but I'm technically not signed off because, um, they wanted to do it more than once or twice. You know, I, I was oh. still a new guy. They didn't really know me. They didn't mm-hmm. know what I've done in all fairness too. I had a 10 year break. Do you know what that does to the body, to the mind? Do you know how much you forget in 10 years? Rust. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so they're absolutely right in saying so. And I mean, since being back, a lot of it has come back and like, it's there. Yep. It's there. The it's, file's been unlocked in my head. It's like riding a bike. And, um, but the last time I was in, which I was hoping they would sign me off on, mm-hmm. uh, I had a mask failure. So. Which happens. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. And uh, so the crap. <laughs> Yeah. Walked out of the fire, walked out of the burn building. And uh, then then they're like, yeah, let's give it a few more times. Yep. And I'm like, oh, crap. Okay. Which <laughs> I mean, but as much as that's like a, a heartbreaking situation, yeah. it's really good to hear that our department is that stringent on stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because fire is kind of a life or, life or death situation. Kind of. A little bit. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can kind of get toasted. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not... I'm not against someone graduating from IFO at 4.30 on a Saturday and at 6.45 we get hit for a house fire and them not going in. Right. You know, I'm not going to say, sorry, you just completed this class, yeah. but you're not going in. Yeah. You know, I'm... It, it probably depends on the scenario because if you have a real, like, let's say one of your local factories that we were talking about before catches on fire, mm-hmm. not really a great spot for a newbie. Yeah. The one we were talking about a little bit ago. Yep. However, you get a general house fire... Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very simple fire. Maybe it's a fireplace fire, something like that. Like that's great for a newbie. A, I don't. I'm gonna get beat up for this. A run of the mill textbook fire. There's no such thing. Exactly. But <laughs> but you have all the all the old guys that go. Well, you know, we get a two story wood frame. That's our bread and butter. You know. Yeah, but here's the thing: the two story wood frame used to be the the common the textbook. Yeah. But anymore, depending on who built the house, you don't what know what materials you're were chosen, you have no idea. I walked into a place, I was looking at buying some real estate, and I walked into a place that had, I think it was like 10 units in it. Mm-hmm. The one apartment had those those little green propane things for camping, mm-hmm. the little tanks. Uh, I think there was like 12 of them on a tank or mm-hmm. a table full. Um, and they had two or three 20 gallon propane tanks sitting in their house that's and i'm like fun <clears throat> i go uh, um are these full 
And she goes, yeah, why? I go, I go, this is a big no, no. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to be that guy, but this is a big no, no. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's like, oh, it's fine. I'm like, no, 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 it's not. Yeah. I said, even if these don't explode as soon as the fire happens, think about the firemen. They're going to be walking in here and passing them and pa- walking right past them. The, if the smoke is so thick, you can't see. Yep. And they walk right past them. You could kill people. Uh-huh. And she's like, well, I guess I didn't realize it was that bad. I'm like, it definitely well, is. And that's the thing is the general public at times, they don't think about stuff like that. No. You know, because people don't think about what happens if my house catches on fire. Yeah. Firemen do. Yeah, right. Family of firemen do. Yeah. But Joe Q public doesn't, you know. And that's another thing with like the area that we live in. A lot of people hunt. A, a, yeah. a lot of people shoot. A lot of people just, they don't hunt, but they own a lot of guns to shoot. Yeah. And, you know, we had a house right here in our district that the gentleman was a big reloader. And it started as a dryer fire. Well, the house burned to the ground because he had eight black powder kegs yeah. sitting above his dryer. Yeah. And they cooked off as we're pulling yeah. up out front. Yeah. Like, at that point in time, the fire load is so great in the house, you're not stopping that. No. And and, and so, the, the textbook wood frame is no longer. No. And even when you get down to building materials... Okay, now you need to know which decade this was built in. Yeah. Because modern construction is not the same as 1940s construction. And, and it is an early 1900s house yeah. that's bloom frame yeah. that has had lightweight construction innervated into it yeah. that also had renovations done in the mid-90s yeah. that's wrapped in there as well. And was it a one-family home that's now a two, maybe three-family home how Which was improperly converted, I promise you. Oh, exactly. And how many cover-up staircases do we have? <laughs> how right. how cut up is it? Right. What dead space are we going to run into? Unless unless we've been in that house mm-hmm. before in a non-fire situation. Correct. You're literally walking in blind, mm-hmm. not including the black smoke you're walking into. Yep. And and so people just don't really understand that <coughs> and the hazards. Now that all being said. Your children in the future. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? How do you feel about them joining and making this a, a fourth generation? Well, I have a stepson right now, and mm-hmm. how old is he? Just turned seven. There is nothing that he wants more to th- than to be a fireman. Sounds part right. We were we actually uh, one of the last times we had him because he was up in Lancaster with his father. Uh, one of the last times we had him, we were at the station and we got hit for a chimney fire, mm-hmm. and. I looked at him and he goes, I know I'm going to Grammy's house. <laughs> and my wife threw him in the truck and took off to my, my parents' house, dropped him off because they live a block from the station, just like sure. I do and came back and we went to the fire. Yeah. You know, there was another time where we had a fire and it, we, we had a big tree on fire in the woods. Um, actually right, right by downtown in one of the parks. Struck by lightning. Uh, no. Arson. Fun. Correct. Um, and we're working on the fire, and I look over, and I see my wife's vehicle over in the parking lot, and there he is up in the front seat watching. <laughs> like, I don't think he blinked for the three yeah. hours we were there. I don't think he blinked. I don't think the single thought processed through his little brain yeah. other than, I want to do this. Yeah. You know, and, like, he rides in the trucks with us for the, for the parades. He loves putting our coat and helmets on. He just – and he loves it. And – He's so enthralled with the fact that we both do it, that my father does it, that my brother does it, that my mom does it. It's just like 
this is what we do. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's granted the little kid of fire trucks are cool, but like yeah. he asks questions. Hey, as an adult, fire trucks are cool. Oh God, yes. There's, <laughs> there's big Tonka trucks. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't grow up playing with Tonka trucks, your life child, your childhood was terrible. I'm sorry. I mean, boring at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but like he, after he went to the fire station, he was like, he started asking like legitimate questions like hose color. Like, why is yeah. that hose that color? And why hose is that color? We go over to the pump panel and I go, well, you see this That's lever, this, this lever's red. This lever puts water to the red hose. Yeah. And like it clicked at four years old. Color coded. That clicked. That's amazing. And I'm just like. At, at four, that's a very insightful question to ask. He's a very you know? bright child. That's that's great. Yeah. And now do you fear as, as time changes? And let's be honest, I don't think building codes getting any better. No. I mean, they do certain things like they've got the ultralight fireproof for those ceilings now. And that helps slow the spread. But the Does building, it though? That's the question. Does, Does it? it though? And and it, the thing is, is it used to take what was it? I'm trying to remember. However many minutes to burn a, in a room. It was like three minutes to flash over, five minutes to flash over, something like that. Something like that. And then now it's it's like you can burn an entire room in a minute or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and that that's directly due to the building materials and the materials in that room. A lot and, of the stuff, and and I'm not I'm not. Knocking China, not trying to. I'm going to, but the stuff that's made, the stuff that's made in China, you don't know what actual chemicals are on that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and so everything is a potential fire hazard. Well, they, and going back to the materials in the room, think of your grandparents' houses. Yeah, how many of them still have some old furniture in say their living room? Yeah, but they've also bought some new. Yeah, you know, so you have that hot burning old wool type wrap couch yep. and right across you have a brand new that you bought in say 21 or 22 couch that's leather power recline yeah. you know the built-in coolers the whole shebang yeah. that's literally like putting a fuel tanker in your living room oh there's so many chemicals in every bit it of is that. horrible yep you know and the I, old furniture the only thing i'll say against that is any wood that's in that is probably so dry they're oh, like, it's real gone. quick. You know, and that's, um, wasn't a guy from one of our departments, but I'm involved in the Southwestern Firemen's Convention. Mm-hmm. And there was an older gentleman that I was talking to one of the conventions that my father introduced me two years ago, that he's one of those hardcore, you know, get in there and get after it or nothing kind of guys. Yeah. And we were doing a water battle and he goes, how long have you been in the service? And at that point, it had been like two years. And he goes, your helmet's pitch black. Like everything's burned off of it. And I go, yeah. He goes, this is the same helmet I've had since 94. <laughs> and it doesn't even look like that. And he goes, I don't miss a fire. I own a business. I My business is next to the fire station. I don't miss a fire. Yeah. He goes, that's the difference in the times are changing. He goes, up until like five or six years ago, this was still like vaguely shiny. Yeah. You know, the, the smoke in these fires is ridiculous yeah and again it's all due to the chemicals being produced mm-hmm. <clears throat> you get um i'm like i'm looking at cabinets right now you get cabinets that are hard wood they're going to burn slower yep you buy the cheap ones from home depot lowe's anywhere yep. instead of having real good ones which you can get the real good ones there too mm-hmm. but most people buy the cheap ones because why not of course and they're particle wood and glue 
Mm-hmm. That's exa- that's all they are. And then chemical on the outside. Yeah. A urethane or a paint. Mm-hmm. And go a little further than that, you get into a building construction class mm-hmm. and look up the different manufacturers of like these cabinets. Yeah. I mean, that's that, and, and that's the tip of the iceberg for building construction in a home. But look at the manufacturer. Look up the glue they're using. Look at the yeah. flammability of the glue that they are using yep. to bond it together. Go a step further and look at the glue they're using to apply that veneer front. Mm-hmm. Look at the flammability of that veneer front. Yeah. It is horrifying. Yeah. And I'm not advocating that like every person buys the best fire resistant materials in the world mm-hmm. every time they go to make a purchase. Yep. But I want people to take that into consideration. Like it is dangerous to go into a fire. It is. There's so many hazards, so many unseen and and how many materials don't even get touched by the fire, but just because of the temperature they have the, 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 uh, explosion temp. I can't remember the word. The, right now. the, the flash or point. It, well, it just, it, yeah, they'll just explode like ceramic mugs. They have a yeah. plant where they'll just boom. Yep. And so now you got shrapnel flying at you. Oh yeah. And and I remember we had a fire down in this isn't the first time I've seen this. We had a fire down uh at my department and I got there real late. Because again, it was a middle of the night fire. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear my pager go off. I couldn't wake up. Sleep apnea is terrible. Don't <laughs> don't get it. That's my best advice. Choose I don't know why I ever chose to get sleep apnea. <laughs> I don't plan on it. I'm hoping I'm hoping that I'll get better with my sleep apnea as I as I lose weight and work out more. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll never go away, but it can reduce. For sure. Um but so I miss it. I wake up in the morning, my brother calls me. Hey, how bad was that fire last night? Like, what fire? Yeah. And he's like, uh, you're gonna want to check your phone. And I'm like, okay. So I check it and I see it. This thing burned so hot, it melted the siding across the canal on houses around it. Mm-hmm. Um, they found multiple propane tanks inside. Mm-hmm. They found all sorts of stuff. Oh, but yeah. now think about that. Think about a fire that's so hot in the middle of winter across canals mm-hmm. is melting siding off of houses. And people don't realize how much damage that is. Now, I don't know the cause of the fire. I don't know what happened. I know they pulled tanks out of there that hadn't erupted yet. Mm-hmm. There was one tank when I got there in the morning that was like wheezing because mm-hmm. it's got the blow-off valve in yep. it. Thank which God is, they came out with that. That was one of the best things they ever came out with. For sure. Um, but those guys worked so hard. I think you know. I think I brought some like Tim Hortons coffee or something down yep. with me when I came down Don'ts because I felt awful. I'm like these guys have been sitting here fighting the fire all night, and I slept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least I can just give them some Tim Hortons or something. Morning, boys. Yeah. <laughs> How was your night? <laughs> so. And, and, and so, uh, you know, that's, that's just it. Those, the, the propane tanks were in there and you don't know what hazards you're going to find. No. You have no idea what you're going to walk into. No, I mean, we, I went to a mutual aid district. This probably would have been, it was 2013. Yeah. It was, it was one of my first few fires and it came in as a fire and electrical panel. Okay. That's workable. We're not at the point of a whole house fire yet. We have a small point. We got this. We are crossing our district line into our neighboring department that we're going mutual aid to assist. And they call and ask where we're at. We're figuring, okay, they got to fire out. And we go, we're, we're crossing our district line. We have six interiors. You know, what's your orders? And they said, when, when, you, when you arrive, we need you to lay down the road from the engine that's going to relay to you to fight the fire. We're like, oh, well, this escalated quickly. Yeah. Because the first chief that got there said nothing's showing. Yeah. I'll be investigating. 
unbeknownst to him, it was a very poorly insulated home and it was running sure. quite rapidly and it wasn't very visible. It, it, it wasn't playing well yet. Sure. And when we got there, um, myself and one of our assistant chiefs were the, were, the, were the first two in the door. And we got in and the front door we went to, because the hoarding situation, we couldn't get in through that door. Yeah. With the amount of hose we had for the position of the truck, we couldn't get to the other door to come into the back of the house. We ended up taking a window out of the front porch that we were on, and he shoved me into the window. Well, what I didn't know what I was falling into was I basically fell into a foxhole in garbage. Oh. And I pulled him in, and we're sitting in, a, in literally a foxhole in the middle of this kitchen. And I looked at him and I go, this goes sideways. He goes, yeah, we're going to die. And we're just, and we get water and I mean, we're, we're fighting it hard. And next thing we know, we hear a bunch of ruckus off our left. We're like, oh God, what's happening now? Yeah. Well, they cut off, they, they put a door on the side of the house and they're in there and they're shoveling stuff out of the way. And they, they literally dug a path into the house. Yeah. And we're like, oh, hey, thanks guys. <laughs> as our, as our bells start going off. <clears throat> Because yeah. I'm not very acrobatic. I was not going back to the window that we came in through. <laughs> so it was either find, find a different way or this is it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you know, it's it was a very eerie situation. Sure. This goes back to faith for me mm-hmm. that when people go into a fire, I hope and pray that their faith, that first of all, they have faith. Yeah. And second of all, that it, that it lies in the proper source. And, you know, for me, that's Jesus and... Uh, I put on 100% of my faith into into him. 100%. And so we hand off worry. We hand, hand off stress. Mm-hmm. And um, there's times where I know, like, that our department gets called out for an active fire. I wasn't able to make it to him. But, I, you know, I would pray. Hey. Yeah. Be with him. Mm-hmm. Guide them. Give them wise discernment. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to think of. Mm-hmm. And a lot of safety issues. And it's... It's important that for me, and especially if I get back into interior, mm-hmm. the faith first and that I know that God's protecting me. For sure. I mean, I don't I don't so much run that thought through my head every time we're, we're going in. Sure. But, you know, we had a <clears throat> three-story apartment building with a storefront on the first floor burn. Yeah. I think it was five or six years ago now. Um, and I was in a second truck coming in. Because I, it was one of those mornings where I was sitting on the couch, kind of still half awake. I heard it get toned out. You know how you kind of feel like I'm still dreaming? Yeah. Until my brother came running through the house screaming that there's a massive fire downtown. I stood up and looked out my parents' windows. I was still living at home. I went, oh, no. Yeah. That's that's not good. Yeah. And as I'm stepping in the door, I was taking a kid that had graduated class literally two weeks prior in with me because that's who I had to take with me. Yeah, right. right and here. I went, big man. Don't take me home today. This is this is not the day. And we made it to the top of the second flight of stairs, and they pulled us out. And that was, as they were pulling us out, there was a cell tower on the roof that came oh. down through the building as we were coming out. Fun. Like. Wow. Yeah. See, I always tell people I'm not afraid of death. Yeah. Because I know, I know I'm saved. I know my salvation. Mm-hmm. So. Death, I don't want to say is is welcomed, but I don't think anyone but, welcomes it. No, no. <laughs> but but I'm not afraid of it because yeah. because I know I'm going to heaven. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's it, a lot of times, and I, I give this answer because people ask me about dying on my motorcycle. Yeah, and I'll say I'm not afraid of dying, but I am afraid of not dying. Because and, the last thing I want to do is get into an 80 mile per hour crash, have a broken pelvis, broken back, comatose vegetable, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like just take me home at that point. Yeah, you know, hundred percent. Like I do not. And the same thing for in a fire. You know, if you go into a fire and and God forbid something happens, like finish it off, Lord. Yeah. Like, like, don't let me suffer. But we also don't know on the other hand of that, the other side, what the Lord has planned. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's that testimony that you lived through that, that you found God, that you shared God, that you did anything. I mean, you change one person's life. You introduce one person to God. Mm-hmm. Your life is is so much better. And their life is so much better. And yeah. they can introduce God and Jesus to their children. Correct. And and so it's it's so amazing. It's a rippling wave mm-hmm. in the water. And you know, it's been a number of years since my dad's mother passed. And up until that point, we were very um every Sunday we went to church. Yeah. You know, that's just that's what you did. Yeah. And because my father grew up that way. You know, they were Big in the church, they, you know, all the roast beef dinners, they were there. They all sat on the board, you know, that is what we did on Sunday. Right. And when she passed, I mean, granted, she passed from a nasty disease. She she suffered from Alzheimer's. Yeah. Horribly. Um, When when she passed, I lost my way. Sure. Because it was that, why did you take somebody that devoted her entire life to you? Yeah. Why did you take... Someone from our family that gave everything to the church, to you, to yep. supporting you, to bringing you into other people's lives. Why did you take her home? Yeah. Why did you take her out of our lives? You know, and that's a really, really common question. It really is. You know, and, and people that, love to give the generic answer. Heaven needed another angel. And there's only so many things we can say that are comforting, mm-hmm. but the truth of the matter is we all have the inevitable death. Yep. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. And it's it's this battle of flesh and spirit. Yes. The flesh side of us want to be greedy. They want to keep our family here. Mm-hmm. But we should be more joyous and celebrating the fact that they're in heaven. Yeah. You know, if you know your family member was saved, they're in heaven. They're enjoying it. That's yeah. wonderful. And that's my mom's mother. She passed away a few a couple years ago. Um, she had battle cancer. That's tough. She beat it twice. I mean, that's she wrong. she was that woman that didn't take no for an answer. Yeah. If she didn't like you, you knew about it. Yeah. But she made you a better person because of it. Sure. And the third time it came back, um, everyone kind of talked to her, and you know, we're, we were at their house, and they all left, and. You know, she was like that second mother to me. Sure. You know, because my mom, when I was younger, she worked, she drove school bus and she worked for the paid ambulance service. Mm -hmm. You know, so, and with dad be on the road, we spent a lot of time at my mom's parents' house. Um, And, you know, she was that second mother role. You know, mom was the strict, this is how it's going to be, this is how I'm raising you. And she was the semi-strict, but, you know, hey, kid, here's a candy bar, mom. Yeah, right. You know, and... We sat and we talked. I said, what are we going to do? She goes, "Hun, I don't know. She goes, I've already done chemo twice. I've done radiation twice. She goes, I'm already down half a lung. She goes, I'm missing half a jaw. What do I do? You know, 
And not long after that was, you know, a feeding tube went in. And again, me and her sat and talked and we sat at her kitchen table because she sat there and watched TV because her and her husband, they're both, they were both NASCAR fans. Sure. They're both Bills fans, but they could not watch TV in the same room without fighting. <laughs> Love each other to death, you know, but yeah. they just, they were that old couple sure. that their, their love was bickering. Sure. You know, um, and we sit at the kitchen table and we'd have conversations. And that day we were talking about, I said, what are you going to do? She goes, it's time. She goes, whatever happens, happens. Because they've accepted it. Yeah. She was, she was ready to go home to her mom. Yeah. She was, she had, she had lost her sister, um, probably 20 years before she passed. Yeah. And it was, it was a traumatic thing. She had a brain aneurysm that no one knew about. And it was one of those bang gone. Yeah. And all of their families down in West Virginia. So it wasn't like, oh, my God, I, I, I need to be there. It's a whole trip to pack everybody up here to travel down there. You're not saying it's a bad thing, but, like, it's a big production to get, you know, yeah, four daughters, them, um, ten grandkids, great-grand, you know, pack yeah. everybody up and go to West Virginia, you know. And then when her mom passed, you know, you could see a little bit of the fire die in her eye. Yeah. You know, not that not that she shut down, but you could see just a little bit, you know, yeah. gone. Sure. And then when, when she got to that point where she said, This is this is it. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm gonna fight it. If if I get ten years out of it, great. Right. If I don't wake up tomorrow morning, it is what it is. Yeah. She goes, Look at all the lives because she coached softball here in town. And she was big into the um legion and different things you know she was look all the lives i touched yeah look at all the kids that i helped and supported and she was big in the football program here in town she goes just look at all the good that i did thank you for joining garrett and i as we talk about generational first responders join us next week for episode two